1: It's not.
0: Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. We've changed our theme tune this week, and I'll get to that in a second, but I'm joined by the lovely Daniel Cooper, Hey everyone. And Mr. Kieran Gillen, which is the reason we have changed our theme tune uh, this week. We've changed to Summer Camp's Pink Summer. Now that's quite a special song for you, uh, which we'll sort of get to later, but maybe, you know, for the people who don't know who
1: you are, if you want to sort of introduce yourself in a better way than I probably can. I just feel very honoured yeah? that the theme tune has changed to um, <laughs> uh, Pink Summer. which the is The first time I've changed the
2: theme tune, maybe? Yeah, you've broken with
1: 265 episodes of Tradition there, so... <laughs> I, I didn't you get, check did it. you clear this I
0: really didn't actually
1: <laughs> yes we're destroying society uh, so no, I literally, I've walked into a room and already actually destroyed a culture yeah. uh, which is kind of what I do um, I'm, my name is Kieran Gillen I'm a, primarily a writer I am um, also a dancer Yeah, not a lover sadly uh, I, um, I've seen you dance you're a great dancer <laughs> I didn't know a, what you were going to yeah. say <laughs> <like>. <laughs> you don't get to correct the <laughs> lover part no I you write comics now I used to be a games critic so I used to write for a load of magazines and places yeah. like that um, I moved into comics somehow and I basically write books for Marvel also, and I've written stuff like Uncanny X-Men and Iron Man mm. and Journey to Mystery and Young Avengers and I could go on and on <laughs> and I do books, my own books for like uh, Phonogram, which was my first book, yeah. and Wicked Divine, which is my current book, and books like Uber and Mercury Heat that's coming out. It? I could really ramble on, but no, i a lot of comics. Yeah. Yeah. That is what we're going to do. Yeah. That's a big part of today's podcast. Yeah. It? it is indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, so we usually start
0: sort of our uh, podcast with what have you been playing, watching, or reading of interest lately? Anything? You don't have to say, yeah.
1: What I have? Sorry, last year's weird, because that's a guy who was obsessed by games forever. Yeah. 2014 was pretty fallow. I yeah. barely played anything in the mainstream at yeah. all. And I, I think uh, I did, fi- like, no more than five hours in any AAA game, which okay. is literally unheard of, since 97 was the last time I had right. a year with that fallow of gaming. Yeah.
2: Was there a particular reason
1: for that? I or know, just work Was taking. work I think my heart just wasn't in it. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. like, twenty the year before was really bad, and I kind of was, my energies were elsewhere. And I was okay. playing some board game stuff. But since the new year things have picked up yeah. which is quite exciting because you know i've um my wife bought a PS4 when okay. I was away on a business trip. return to find the PS4 in the front room. I was kind of upset being a PC Master Race guy yeah. going, What's that? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is this box? I threw it through the window and stomped around, but eventually yeah. I was seduced to playing some games. So yeah. we've basically been playing a 003 co-op. Oh, cool. So it was me and my wife have been sitting on the sofa, sofa, yes, the sofa, yeah. and bashing the living hell out of boxes and collecting it. So it's kind of involves killing and shopping. Yeah. So it's this kind of like this weird, um, <laughs> I always think Sex in the City could basically be to to 003. Yeah. In that time, it's about getting increasingly fancy loot and then wearing it and killing more things not as much yeah. killing swap sex for killing and you basically got <laughs> it yeah. Um, but yeah that's been good uh, I had like um, I had some friends over on Saturday like uh, two couples of me and my wives yeah. and we played um, like 11 hours of board game stuff like different wow. oh, games excellent. we played an entire array of um, like what was it in What'd order play? we played The Resistance we started okay, that yeah. so we great, started Paranoia game, and yeah. Hatred <laughs> The mood of Dixit, so a bit of like French whimsicality. I do love Dixit. It's Those awful. cards are just
0: incredible.
1: Yeah, they are incredible. It's like, yeah. if you haven't seen Dixit, there's basically yeah. a game where you have to try to work out what these cards could mean. Yeah. And it's all basically a load of like Freudian dream imagery. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. You look at them and it's. Uh, my you love a- it. you unpacking, unpacking dream over, symbolism. Yeah. The game basically works like if you have to, like, um, it's almost like, it's like a whimsical, whimsical French adventure game version of like Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. In this kind of, okay. you basically, you have yeah, to pick a card and say, a word like though the, the feeling of sadness and you put your card down face down and everyone else has to pick their card they think means the feeling of sadness okay yeah. yeah. Then everyone has to guess which one was yours so yeah. it's about how you think and how you describe and it's it's like a really kind of soft game symbols. Yeah, which is yeah.
0: nice it is really good like i've met man- but because i've played it so much i've managed to find a way to game it in a sense which sort of spoils it for some people who've played with me before because if i'm playing with new people I just this, you can just do it. It's like playing poker. You can pick up a card in a certain way or I can look a certain way at a card or spend so much time on a card because you're allowed to pick them up and look at them and stuff like that. And... I find it really easily easy, easy mm. to influence other people's decisions. So then, right, people, yeah, I'm basically Darren Brown. Uh, <laughs> but I find it easy, and, I, and uh, yeah, my ex girlfriend like refused to play with oh, me. Oh wow! Which and it's such a lovely game so to have someone refuse to play with you. Probably says a lot about me. To be honest. I
1: mean, the way that the traditional way, <laughs> way it's sad yes, the way to end that digression, yeah. just like oh, my ex girlfriend <laughs> didn't want to play with me. Yeah, it is. It's it is a strange because it's not really yeah. that because winning doesn't really matter in any way yeah. <laughs> it's called yeah. those games. so what's it's it called sorry Dixit D-I-X-I-T, Dixit. what's yeah. the meaning of that well, don't I don't know I forget what the, oh, yeah. my wife it's Latin I forget what it okay. means okay um, sorry someone in the room, someone spoke Latin told me what it yeah. meant oh, I okay, forgot right, it yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah and then Illuminati and okay. that was, and they played that card flappy game yeah. and I literally forget what that's called Double we played Double yeah. Illuminati uh, retro conspiracy game uh, we did play Against Humanity yeah. <laughs> and there was one more game there was a day of so much gaming I forgot yeah. it oh and I actually I played my first Warhammer Fantasy Battle game since oh amazing 94 okay. wow uh, which was an amusing thing to was do was this a
2: Christmas present you had Lion it's man, like or? I've
1: been quite basically I've got the awful I say awful it's actually quite lucky almost yeah. anything I like doing I can turn into money okay and that becomes weird because like if I listen to music I can turn that into money or yeah. everything becomes work and I've sort of started painting Skaven which are like the warmer fantasy rap men yeah and I started painting them in 2008 I can't paint for toffee but it's incredibly soothing this cannot profit me in any way <laughs> this will not impress women yeah, this will, I mean, no, no one will love me anymore for doing this I, I silently daub these I, I stopped looking at the internet it's incredibly soothing I feel like that very old man at the bottom of the, the shed and you know painting loud soldiers it's literally the same thing yeah. I'm at the point now where I've actually sort of enough for an army so I talked to a friend. Let's have a game, and we've had a game, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it was literally um, everything exploded, and like enormous, like we, we laughed ourselves sick all the way through it. It was a really great joy. That's so great. that's amazing. Now he's bought a load of undead, so we're going to do another game at some point. That's excellent. Yeah. So that was that was a weirdly life affirming a Selection of things which make me realize, not realize, but remember how yeah, much I yeah, love gaming because yeah. yeah. how important it has been to me at different times. Oh, so definitely good, yeah. a good start to the year, basically. Wow, that, that is good, as good yeah. well
0: I'm obsessed with a board game at the moment called uh, The Sheriff of Nottingham. What's that like? That's um, one you bought recently, oh, it's yeah. so good, yeah. It's uh, so basically, I don't even think, yeah, there's sort of a, a board to it, but basically, you're a store owner the sheriff comes around to the store everyone takes it in turn to be sheriff and it's kind of like cheats the mm. card game cheat where uh, you have these but you have these little pouches and you can try and get you have to basically make the most money by lying about what's in your pouch or telling the truth um, so you've got your sort of bread chicken apples and something else and cheese uh, but you've also got contraband like one I think one of them's an axe uh, and things like that and you can sort of if but it's all about lying to the sheriff and convincing him not to open your bag or if he opens it And you're actually not telling the truth. You are actually telling the truth. You get loads of money as well. I'm not explaining it very well. It is really good. That sounds Um, good.
1: You've actually made me remember what the sixth game was, which was Masquerade. Okay, which is kind of like love letter, if you know that. Love letter, amazing. It's another another game of bluff and lying and trying to work out. It's it's basically each card allows you to do a certain thing, but you never know which card you have. Yeah. And you swap between, them and it becomes very confusing. And you're basically bluffing on not knowing what your card is. Yeah. So you say, "I've oh, I'm definitely the king." Yeah. And, and they go on the table, and someone calls you or not. So it's a very quick game of complete confusion and yes. lying. Excellent. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm a big fan of that one as well.
0: It's really good. Like I didn't b- really explain the show from that one very well. It is really good. <laughs>
1: like, it's weird. i playing all these board games because I'm friends with Quen, uh, Quentin Smith. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, and Sit Down, yeah. which is an amazing website. Yeah. Um, But saw that, and also Rab Rab Florence, and seeing him go into board game, back into board games, pretty much the same time I was. How much I've discovered certain things about myself, and as in, I'm quite bad at telling when certain people are lying to me. Okay, as in, like Like your wife or like friends. Generally speaking, I trust women more than men. (laughs) Okay. Okay, and that's an intri- and I, I've realised across almost all board games. Yeah, I I've intrinsically distrust men, and I've like <laughs> a, a basic fondness so, for women. So all
2: female listeners, yeah, basically
1: your fair game to be deep. I've look, I've looked back, I look back at my life and realise, oh, so, I need to rethink everything. <laughs> in, I, don't, I don't really have in a semi way. It's yeah. like when my mum like was playing Resistance one Christmas like last year, sorry, the Christmas mm. before last. Yeah, and she completely lied a perfect game, and yeah. I, I, I was looking at her, and the scales f- fell from my eyes, <laughs> and I realised how powerful my mum was okay. yeah. so, <laughs> like, don't trust my mum is
0: what I'm saying no yeah, one trusts my mum see I can't play werewolf with anyone have you ever played werewolf no. like, mm-hmm. you'd love that as well because I can't and basically that's uh, it's not a board game it's just a sort of parlour game uh, where it's kind of like I guess wink murder or mafia there's other games like yeah. that where one of you the two of you are the werewolves and you have to all go to sleep people die then you have to sort of uh, that all the villagers have to decide who they're going to hang. And I can't play that because it's all about lying it's all about convincing people. So if I'm... You know, and obviously I'm... So the hairiest man in the room. I, so yeah, one, I, one, I just look just like a, like, a like, werewolf. Who's werewolf? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, because uh, cause I'm so mouthy, if I'm quiet, people... People yeah. suspect me straight away. If I'm just myself, people go, "Well, he's blatantly the will Because look how like he's being. Everyone else is being really quiet. So mm, you know no can't, I literally yeah. can't play that game.
1: Yeah, I'm so into resistance People distrust me in resistance. Yeah, but, you know, um, Yeah, I'm not trustworthy. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really good.
0: Um, so yeah, so you, you're saying then? So you've moved away almost from video games to just be board games. But you know, your 25, 2015 might be a year
2: where uh, you're yeah. drum. I mean, yeah. I was, uh,
1: I've literally forgot the name of the game it was RPS's game of the year okay Eternal the, the, the Civ clone uh, involving fantasy Civ clone uh, it, it, Rock Paper Shotgun's game of the year. I've literally. Eternal Legend. Yeah, okay. I was, I've been playing. If you didn't it. remember that then? You were going to absolute murder. Yeah, so I, I, still, I still like. One of the, I'm on Rock Paper Shotgun on the website. I'm still kind of involved in them. Yeah. As the, I'm, yeah,
2: so. you're a co founder? I am as a co founder. Yeah. I'm actually literally
1: yeah. a, a suit. So I've, okay. before, I've no suit at the website. So I'm literally a publisher, which is terrible. Yeah. As and well, I've kind of Amazing. ascended to a lower level. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I finally. I was playing that and I, I quite like it. It doesn't yeah. quite click for me. Because um, there's something. Um, what's the word? I just don't think it's as weird as everyone else. I was expecting it to be weirder, and it's okay. quite um, uninspiring. Okay. Yeah. And then it's got, it's clearly got a lot of quality there, but I'm not like immediately in love with it. Okay. Um, yeah. But you know, I will I will try to persist with it.
0: Yeah. Um, but obviously, so you started out, you know, as a games critic, and, you know, a lot of people will almost credit you for being one of the first real games
1: critics, I guess. Um, Tarki once said, some might say he invented games journalism, which literally makes me laugh myself sick. <laughs> that, so I got a tattoo of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've had a book and put it on the back, obviously. Yeah. But it's like, no matter what the book is yeah, about. Like, <laughs> I, I invented all of this. All, the, all this yeah. is mine, and I own this. Thing. Mm. No, that's loot. I mean, it's like, yeah. there's really... I. I mean, I started writing about games in '94. That's when yeah. I was at university, and I st- I basically paid my way for my second year at university writing for Amiga Power. Okay. Um, but you know, I was I was an, I was a games press obsessive. I can still quote Stuart Campbell and Jonathan Nash reviews. Yeah. I can quote a Duncan McDonald review from '87. I think. Uh, That's was stunt car it's racer, it's uh, an entire opening about being as happy as a sandboy. So yeah. I really was kind of like into the games yeah. press. I'm somebody who's always really yeah. enjoyed games writing in okay. a way that um, is somewhat obsessional. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, but you know, yeah, I, I. Came from that background. I was basically somebody who loved both music writing, which has always been more pretentious,
0: yeah, in yeah. Uh, games Definitely, writing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of like put that all together and that's <laughs> what I kind of did.
0: Yeah. Um, so basically found a way to make games writing as pretentious as oh yeah, music yeah. writing. Yeah, at
1: times. But also, like, as, you know, I did more knob gags than most people. At, you know, <laughs> as in it, was, it was a weird kind of mix. That's thing. sort of expected, isn't it? it? Is yeah. Just yeah. Just
0: Flowery knob gags.
1: Yeah. So I, I basically ripped off everybody I loved and that's kind of what I've always done as a writer. Yeah. Isn't that kind of my influence hmm. is quite obvious. But you had those influences then, sorry. Oh, I mean, like in Games Press, it's like I, was, I was a genuinely enormous mega Power fanboy, and it's like mm. being able to write for them in the last 12 issues is kind of like being in The Beatles. Yeah. I mean, I played Triangle in The Beatles. <laughs> 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 that wasn't anything important, but I got to, you know, I was on the credits. Yeah. And that was, um, I, in retrospect, I can't, it was, I was a religiously fanatical yeah. AP fan. It was a bit worrying, to be honest. Um so, I mean, Jane Ashter at Campbell. i uh, would always loved Cam for hiring me. <laughs> um, the music press, especially the guys of the period, like um, Simon Reynolds, who's uh, an amazingly precise music journalist and very um, academic. I always remind him because someone I couldn't write like him. Mm. I would I could never quite do that. But, like, of my journey, like... Neil Kulkarni, Taylor Parks, from the Melody Maker at the time, Simon Price. Um, uh, th- those are kind of, like, quite important people to me. And I dug back, you know, I, you know I've read my Lester Bangs. I've read... Um, my my Nick Kent and um, uh, my Paul Morley. I'm a big Paul yeah. Morley fan. Um, I mean, uh, Paul Morley's um, words of music uh, is um, kind of the big influence on Phonogram, which is a comic about pop music. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of like metaphorical pop music folded into this kind of weird structure. Um, so yeah, all that really, I guess. <laughs> um, and then how does the sort of rock, paper, shock and stuff come about then?
0: Did you guys, I mean, it's obviously just spotting a... A gap in the market I guess Is it, it was or? one of those weird
1: like, is this something I often say about RPS in that um People get into the idea of doing what you think is right is automatically anti-commercial. Mm. And that is a defeatist attitude. It's the, kind of the idea that it means that you, if your band he sells any copies of records, it can't be any good. Yeah. And this is kind of like a defeatist narrative that's sold to us by people who, frankly, want to keep you on your knees. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> you have also I've been making jokes so far and you've suddenly got me... You can hear the, yes. the same way into <laughs> yeah. Angry Man Who writes Manifestos. Right. Like Everyone brace yourself, we're changing gear. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's uh, but it's like, kind of, you know, there's... Um, there's a lot of narratives that the world tries to sell you which are frankly will only hurt you if you believe it Mm. Uh, with RPS it was a case of like there was no good PC games website Mm. (laughs) and that's not really an easy way to phrase that but but in terms of like doing something that was agile um, and was able to do the sort of stuff that RPS did in its early years and still tries to do Um, there wasn't anyone doing it Mm. and we thought well um, A and paradoxes adds money. So yeah. It's a really basic, isn't that kind of like, if we go get an audience, we thought it would be financially worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the same time, there, sh- there clearly should be a site. Yeah. Um, but then and it you was formerly Jim, yeah. Jim's idea, as in Jim mm. Rosignol he, he yeah. kind of pushed it and he, he recruited me and Alec and John. Uh, I was living with... Um, Gym at the time and Jim mm. was an old school mate all the way from PC Gamer uh, and I had just uh, split up with long term girlfriend so I was pretty much like sleeping on this sofa Yeah, uh, let's do a website and it was like actually it could work so I decided yeah. give it three years and see how it would go and when it stayed I kind of left when the site stabilized when we started actually being able to pay wages to everyone and everything yeah. was fine but yeah it was one of those situations where let's do a website because we in our way, and of course, what RPS is good at, it's very yeah. good at, and what it's not very good at, it's not very good at. Just kind of like mm. it's, it's a website very clearly run by writers, Yeah. Um, which means we fall downstairs a lot, and we're not, you know, <laughs> and we get confused by cups of tea and all those yeah. kind of things. But you know, the, the level of <clears throat> freedom there yeah. was a lot of a lot of fun. It was the idea. It's kind of like since that was really late in my career, we launched in two thousand and seven yeah. as a games writer. And I said that when I started writing in ninety four. I actually presumed I would never be get to launch a magazine. Yeah. And it took me about a year into RPS to tell the rest, wait, no, this is Exactly what this, I'm doing, yeah. Yeah. This is that moment, yeah. This is it. And uh, it's um it is an astounding legacy. Yeah. And I use that word in that code people not listening, but <laughs> be I'll see my eyes sort be confused by this. But you know how incredibly proud I am of what the guys have yeah. achieved Because we started with um, a WordPress site in favors. Yeah. It's like it's not like um yeah, like a sort of polygon which launches with all the money in the yeah, world. Yeah, uh, huge we, sponsorship. Exactly. Yeah, uh, we launched with like we're gonna do we, you know, you can tell we put the working because you basically all, all our wages cut by a third with other freelance. Yeah. Uh oh, wow. And we just you know, we we made that <clears throat> investment and we just did it. Yeah. And we cashed in all our favors. Yeah. Um and it worked. Which is very <laughs> lucky. I just think it's like we saw we saw we've seen a lot of people try to do other websites and they haven't worked for different reasons yeah. and it's, a lot of it's A, being lucky we just ne- never underestimate being lucky um, but a specific time a specific place yeah. I mean like the timing we, the sort of gaming we believed in was kind of coming more into focus because yeah. you think of 2007 that's the start of that period of the indie boom um, so we were always, we kind of believe that PC gaming, quote, unquote, it, it should be wider. Yeah. We kind of quite deliberately said we redefine PC gaming to be anything on a PC, anything on a keyboard, and we define PCs to include, like, spectrums. Yeah. And the idea of here is an, uh, instead of a PC being a format, a PC is an ideal and An idea by definition, is very open. And we define ourselves against console and any form of closed gaming. Not because we didn't like console gaming, because yeah. we mm. do. <laughs> um, but we kind to of... demarcate a space. Yeah. 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 And we we're aware that there's so gaming is so big. It's, it, was, it was big then. It's bigger now. Yeah, there was space to just construct in part of it and cover it as much as we could inside there. Yeah, you know, as opposed to like um, any even the very big sites which have enormous resources, such as IGN, aren't covering everything. Yeah, and I can't, it, like you're
2: coming back to board games, there was discussion since yeah. my time being here where we talked about. You know, should we do that, launch yeah. a channel called IGN Analog or yeah. something in board games and tackle it. It's like, is that too far, straying from our remit? Which probably is. And other sites like you mentioned do it better than we would ever be able to do it. Yeah. So again, yeah. it's knowing what you do and doing it well. Yeah. Yeah. So That's your ability, yeah.
1: And we were kind of like, we were quite, um, we, to be we weren't quite an optimistic site <clears slide throat> to begin with. We've kind of become more cynical now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the idea that, you know, we, we were kind of, we quite... Pro pushing that idea of like gaming is worthwhile and this is an interesting yeah. way to spend our time. Yeah. So yeah, it was fun. It was like, it was fun and awful at the same time. Yeah. I actually yeah. made a board game about running a games blog. I've got a prototype. <laughs> it's like a uh, it's an operative prototype. You need to bring that in and we yeah. need to play that definitely. You, you will laugh yourself sick. It's a semi-cooperative <laughs> board game about um that describes our team. It is, it's exactly. It's,
0: it's <laughs> actually
1: you get stories. You decide who's going to write the story, okay. and it, basically you have to hit traffic targets. And if you failed to hit a traffic target, everyone's sacked. I want to play this. Yeah. But you what? are, <laughs> you are playing this with your own luck. <laughs> you don't know the consequences. I reckon i will be good yet. at this. You don't know what the end game <laughs> yeah. is. But one person, only one person can win. And you, win individually oh, by right. gaining prestige oh, nah. points. By well, I'm not going to win that. Nah. And I like, so you have to. Oh, okay, I'm not going to write that story. The top ten girls in games. Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we need the traffic. Someone so you make the. So we take it. Uh, <laughs> um, so it's. It, no, no, it's been sitting around, and one day I'll get yeah, around to finishing really... it. But it's a giggle. I'm interested to see. It. So, I mean, <laughs> sorry, I swear the, the audience for game is literally the people in this room. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> let's kickstart that. Any, anyone listening to this, let's kickstart yeah. that. Um, I'm interested, though. So, you were at PC Gaming when you, you guys launched. Or decided to launch Rob were Shotgun. Is that right? Or no,
1: I was. I left PC yeah. Gamer in two thousand three. Okay. We were all freelancers. Right. Okay. Cool. Uh, so we launched. So I was like freelancers for so getting on for five years before mm. we launched RPS. Right. Okay. Um, we still quite often did freelance for PC Gamer. Of course. Uh, yeah. we, did, we worked for Eurogamer. Uh, we mm. thought we all worked. I mean, I'd worked for pretty much everybody. Yeah. Fact, I found myself walking in today. I don't think I've ever worked for IGN, which is weird. I've literally you know from the Guardian to Wired. We're so, not paying you, you know, for this. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. uh, yeah. <laughs> but if you want you want a credit, uh, it's fine. <laughs> give me <a> with you
0: quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just sort of interesting to see like what was there a you know with what you wanted to do with Rob Paper Shotgun was in no you know possible way that obviously you you know huge ties to PC Gamer and things who at the time I don't think had a site or the site wasn't you know I'm I'm just curious what what was there about PC Gamer that you thought there's no way that we could actually do what we wanted to do with them
1: well we like to own it I mean it's yeah. like in, a, in a very this is kind of the, you're talking about the PC ideology yeah. it's the idea that we can, do, we can do it and therefore we shall mm. I mean you know um, and we'd like, I, we had no desire to work inside a larger organisation I mean I'm, I'm temperamentally unsuited by, to it doing it because I keep on saying things like this <laughs> you know I have a, I have a tendency to uh, have a mouth and opinion uh, and kind of live with it mm. um, that sounds something grand I don't mean it in that way I highly enjoyed spending five years at Future and I left because yeah. I was burnt out and um, I mean I kind of ambled along freelance and that's yeah. why I started writing comics and by I got to this point I was more up for doing something in a more organised fashion mm. um, um, we just I think we saw the hole and we were aware that Future weren't about to do it I mean we yeah. didn't seem to have been trying to push for us I mean there was a PC web, game or website at present at the time but they weren't quite like together in the same way I yeah. think um, and the, like, the chance to actually own it was worthwhile and it's like kind of like, if it works, this is useful. Yeah. That's all I can say. No, and it's amazing, one of the yeah. things that... I don't even want to say that. It's like, I beca- at working at PC Gamer, I became aware of how much money PC Gamer made. Yeah. And I don't say this in a bad way. And I was also aware of how little I was getting paid. <laughs> um, and that's capitalism. <laughs> and I became aware of... That should be my money. I was like, well, if we owned the means of production, we would own, you know, that... Mm so that is that's what I mean it's like we yeah, we it was ideologically the right thing to do yeah but it was also a, a financially sensible uh, business model you know yeah. I, I could actually I could then explain why I thought this site would work yeah. with a cold head as well as my hot head and that's kind of the idea that both aren't contradictory yeah yeah um yeah, I said, it's, weird, it's <coughs> about, I, I hate talking about the money in that way. But, yeah. but well, know, I, it was, it out, I don't get paid
2: for this podcast. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's not. So don't, don't tell him. Um, so this interesting. So around then you started writing comics, and I'd like I'd love to hear how you, you know, decided to start that. And-
1: where that took you were you always a comics fan as a no. kid or like because yeah it was, it's, it's a weird one that's like no sign of disbelieving as an actual, <laughs> an actual real kid as yeah. in like you know a preteen, yeah. I read like all the stuff on the news agent shelves and that yeah. kind of like that especially at my age was much, a very casual thing to do Yeah, and I kind of um, fell out of comics in the teens because I came from I'm from Stafford and didn't have I don't believe it had a comic shop then mm. so even if I was wanted to go into comics I couldn't um but, you know, I was, especially because I read the music press, I read the games press, especially at that time there was kind of um, a soft discussion of it, as in the idea that they talked about Watchmen, they talked about Dark Knight Returns. It was in the air. In like, in your, sin, in air. In like your Sinclair yeah. at the time, there was an awareness yeah. of this is part of culture. Hmm. Uh, so I knew about stuff, and I was like, that sounds interesting. <laughs> I'd love I, to read that. I'd love to yeah. read that. There's no access to it. Yeah. Um, so in my 20s, I picked up Watchmen when I was 21, and that was kind of like my... Headshot moments yeah, and that kind of uh, changed me fundamentally. Uh, but it was took me until I was 25, I was like about my two and a half years into PC Gamer. Mm. I just started going to comic shops more often because um, there's one in Bath, which is where Future's based, yeah. Um, and one day I just hit a book called The Authority by uh, Warren Ellis, and I kind of fell in. And it's and that moved me very quickly. Next week I discovered Planetary. Mm. Next week I discovered Transmet. Yeah. Uh, the week after that I was on the Warren Ellis forum, which was a very very big thing in like circa 2000. And in fact, yeah. a lot of the quite like larger names of creators circa now kind of came from there. You talk about okay. be like Matt Fraction That's amazing. and me, Ken with Kelly Sue, and the it, it was almost like a, a revolutionary cell. Yeah. It feels. I'm sorry I was saying this very weird about the how successful images right now feels yeah. like the WEF winning this is kind of okay. what our ideas what comics should be yeah. transplanted forward 15 years which is very strange mm. um and then one else form was act as my education I I basically learned so much about comics because people talked about stuff and it was very um, Catholic education it was like you know manga and and French comics and American comics and it it was all kind of viewed as a kind of this is the medium so I fell in love in that kind of way I went to my first con six months after that came home drunk from that con, wrote my first strip, and like the next year I had my first like webcomic out, and the year after that I took a collection of these webcomics to the con, yeah. was selling them a guy called Jamie McKelvey walked up, showed me his portfolio and I said we should do a book called Phonogram. Um and then four years after that phonogram's out. Yeah. So it's that kind of I just basically lot was like People say it's like people who are late converts to religion are a lot more fanatical than early converts. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was a late convert. <laughs> and I'm like I came in with like all this energy, and I was kind of heading towards being. Oh, I, I, I I stress, I really did enjoy my time at Future. Yeah, but um, at that point, two and a half years into being there, I was aware that I'd kind of done on, not on everything I could do there, but I was aware that I was like writing. Forty, uh, about fifty pages a month or something. Jesus. Like, for, 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 yeah. I think my highest for PC game was thirty-seven. But I was still doing about 10, 12, f- 13 pages it's, of freelance yeah. to other people. Plus, <laughs> paid counts were much bigger. Paid word counts were much bigger <laughs> then. we were yeah. like a fact. There was like eight hundred words a page. Nice. Um, <laughs> so Fine. but I was like, that was like if you actually read *Piece game of that period like ninety eight to like 2000 you're pretty much reading my diary and like you can map it I'm like there's a running joke like you're a gamer, readers mock it yeah. in that kind of it's a Kieran Gillen <coughs> stealth girlfriend review <laughs> 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 when I'm really sort of mentioning uh, of oh, this girl I was seeing it was very complicated yeah um, and I was like it was really just all the creative ideas I had f- went to that magazine and yeah. at, at that point I realised why, why am I actually doing this and that's kind of I had started working less hard on the magazine hmm uh, as in, to that, not to the level of complete utter no, psychosis. Okay, so Just, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and started doing siphoning something off, siphoning but off yeah. and doing moments. And for that point onwards, I basically <laughs> my day job was a video game journalist, and my night job was I worked on comics. Mm. And eventually, people started paying me for the comics. Like I said, two thousand six was Phonogram, and then I started getting work for higher stuff. Like the year after, the year after that, like two thousand seven, and two thousand eight. And when people started paying me, I started doing it during the day because I could work out week yeah. by doing Just, this. Yeah, and I. About the time two thousand nine, I realised I'm no, you know, despite thinking you I am a games journalist who occasionally does comics. Yeah. I looked at the money I was making. Yeah. No, no, I'm a I'm a comic writer yeah. who occasionally does games journalism. Yeah, so job. I started thinking myself in that way. And in two thousand and ten, I kind of um, explicitly did a kind of it is over now. I am now not yeah. doing any more game films except when i cannot help myself how yeah. did
2: you adapt to writing comics and how do you approach writing a comic do you write very detailed descriptions do you direct the art or do you write a very loose kind of, I'm
1: kind of, of you you know. hand over? yeah <laughs> um in fact i i mean there's two traditional ways of writing comics and um which is Marvel Method and I apologise yes. if I'm being boring to so anybody who knows this and the full script no, I think no, it's no, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Marvel Method is the, the short way of describing it was pretty much invented by Marvel in the 60s and the idea is you basically the writer writes a story almost yeah. occasionally broken up into pages as mm. in this happens on this page one but occasionally not and then the artist adapts the story and then the writer comes in afterwards and adds the dialogue
0: okay.
1: um, and that's in, <clears throat> got various strengths there's a kind of symbiotic energy and the artist has a lot more freedom yeah. Um its weaknesses it would include it really is putting a lot of faith in the artist if it goes wrong it goes amazingly wrong it's really good and when you <laughs> have Jack Kirby <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If, if I could actually resurrect Jack Kirby it might work <laughs> I, I've done some stuff in Marvel Method it's worth stressing but it's kind of it does put so much faith in the artist Yeah, and in terms of like it's, it's the, the one, I learned to write from reading a few Warren Ellis columns at least yeah. that was my starting place um, and this of so Roger. You may be thinking, "This these pages are oh, have to be, um, uh, you know, a, a talking heads, like a serious conversation where you explain the plot." Mm. And the artist may think, "I I really want to have a draw picture of a dinosaur." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you come back and you realise you've got a page of dinosaur. I've got to put some dialogue on the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. And I've had some dialoguing dinosaur moments because that's yeah. the, mm. and that's that's part of the fun of the medium. They yeah, kind of, yeah, oh yeah. my god! What the hell am I going to do? Uh, full script is the other way of doing it in the way I primarily works mm. and it's basically it's like the world's most anal screenplay in terms of page one panel one uh, medium shot on, of three yeah. men talking about comics yeah. in, in the IGN room uh, the, the men look like this descriptions uh dialogue, Kieran, colon. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about comics. Panel 2, close on Kieran, waving his hands around like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> um, comics, this is... You know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah, very common. Yeah, yeah. Very that sounds really good, though. Like, but it's like, the like like, control like, in that sounds yeah. amazing. And the question is, is that you can write that,
0: mm.
1: It's reliable, but the artist... How much will the artist choose to follow it? how okay, to submit right, yeah. to
2: it in a way. Yeah, because... and, and and I
1: don't want them anything. No, yeah. that's it's a soft back and forth. As in, yeah. I almost. A... I write heavy scripts. I mean, not heavy like Alan Moore. Alan Moore yeah. does about like twenty thousand words a script, yeah. and not light. There's people who write lighter than me. My scripts for like Marvel tend to be about five, 000, six thousand words. My scripts for like create our own projects tend to be a bit longer. Yeah, yeah. I, I generally write what I need. Um, and I tend to make myself quite personal. I te- if I know the artist, I write jokes for them and I, course, to, yeah, I yeah, talk yeah. in a human way. Pretty much all my scripts start with, I write the way I write because I want to make sure there is a way to tell the story. This is not saying you have to tell the story this way. you're, but you're an artist you've got a better visual imagination than I am, by definition. Yeah. That's why you're the artist. Yeah. Um, you know
2: interested, do you ever draw anything? Because I, I read I listened to interviews with um, um, Jeff Johns and Grant Morrison, and they kind of do rough sketches they hand off to the artist. Uh, again as kind of suggestions and
1: I only sketch when that, I, I would I only sketch when something I am trying to describe is impossible yeah let's go putting it. as in like there's, there's definitely me and Jamie uh, Jamie McKelvey tend to push the form so occasionally i get an idea for a sequence um, and that it just doesn't translate to words so I'll do a scribble yeah. or like that kind of thing and then he will get and Jamie will run with it it's like <laughs> I mean, I normally describe my scripts a bit like love letters. Okay. It's about trying to seduce somebody into making them do what you want to do. As <laughs> in, please fall in love with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- there is that element to it for me. As in, here is a, a persuasive argument why I think this is the best way to do it. Yeah. But tell me if I'm following shit. Sorry. Um, that's okay. no, that's fine, you yeah. um, So that's kind of... The, the collaboration is really the interesting part yeah. of it for me. Um, and actually, but so for me, the reason why yeah. I write full script is because I like comics and I like stories, but specifically I go into comics to write comics. Yeah. And if I'm not writing uh, full script and tr- call, calling individual panels not necessarily like the details but if I'm not doing the pacing that level yeah, I don't feel I'm writing comics okay. I feel I'm writing a story which someone else adapts to comics Yeah, and that's kind of um, not something I'm particularly interested in because if it was I would get into a different medium Yeah, but that's my particular approach yeah do you find yourself, like, quite lucky, then, that Jamie walked up when he did?
0: <laughs> it's weird, Again, it's like... Look, you... like you said. Because I, I, put, I put your work together so much, like, I don't know if you took either one of you out, what it would look like. this don't worry. I don't know, if you took either of <laughs> you out of the equation, it's a completely different thing. It just, I don't know how it would work.
1: No, it's, uh, I think about it quite a bit, and you get these kind of weird stories about bands forming or creators meeting. Yeah. Um, and he yeah. literally just walked up to you. Yeah. Um, you we were. you could see us if you look at our history and our shared social group, you could see yeah. these people <clears throat> circling together. Right. This is okay. one of like, my general pieces of advice to like creators when they say I mean I get asked quite a bit how do you get into it? Or mm. how would how do you think yeah. I should get into it? And it's like immersing yourself in fandom and finding the part of fandom which is you. Mm. There's many parts of fandom which I wouldn't you know, I'm not that guy. You know, there's there's you know, I'm not interested in that part of like comics. Yeah. But there are people who are and there's nothing wrong with that. Those people get together it's only like games, just like, you know, if you were like you hang out with RTS people you know you're going to make an RTS game (laughs) you know people people who care about certain things and that is what we scenes Yeah, and we were moving these particles in the scenes and me and Jamie have an overlapping and often shared aesthetic
0: yeah
1: I you know you'd like to say that it's inevitable to meet in practice it's not you're very lucky yeah (laughs) yeah no that's interesting so then at what point obviously like 400 Grand came
0: out um, and at what point then were you you know were you approached by Marvel or were you
1: sending them things or do you just you were a guy that they approached and came yeah. to? I never went. I mean, I so I got into comics like prop like the full on in love with comics in two thousand yeah. and in two thousand and ten I was writing four and that's a kind of if you think about it in any serious way it's amazing that makes no sense bonkers yeah, it's, like, uh, it's I mean, going to be a lot of people <laughs> listening and like what I know <laughs> it's like, um, it, w- it was an intense you know when I was <laughs> learning to write comics it's, you could sort of tell the comics I was writing because yeah. they are very clearly inspired by the uh, what I'd read the week before mm. and I don't mean like characters I mean like storytelling methods Yeah, it's yeah. like when I was writing, uh, when I was reading the week I read Luther Arkwright, I was doing these big 12 panel slow motion scenes <laughs> and you know the week I read Cerebus not week I read Cerebus more than week these yeah. kind of like uh, the the multi. Panel transition across stuff. You can sort of see me ba- you're like rapidly absorbing yeah, yeah. stuff, and that's kind of you. You you would absorb your influences and eventually metabolise them into something which is basically you. And that's kind of that was the same hmm. as games writing. That's the same as like any writing really. I think yeah, yeah, you've got I to allow so. to be derivative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hopefully get over it. Um, I've lost track of the track. Um, I've segwayed into Marvel. Yeah, I was like. Saying, I didn't ever really see myself as a Marvel writer yeah. I mean I like Marvel comics <clears throat> I got you know I got in like circa 2000 which is like where um, Joe Grisada was basically re- resetting, resetting it yeah. resetting it yeah. yeah. but you know very much changing the beat of yeah. Marvel and a very different company and it's like this is new X-Men uh, by you know Grant uh, Grant and Quat Frank you know books like I particularly love like um, Pete Milligan Pete Milligan's one of my favourite comic writers and all read uh, doing X-Force and those mm. kind of books and there was like they had, a, they had a sensibility that appealed to me, so I, that's one reason the period I led towards Marvel. Yeah, but I never really saw myself as a guy pitching them as much as I love the, the the thing. So I basically had my stuff out there. Um, what actually, actually, I'm lying. I sort of semi pitched a, a, a Dazzler story at them because yeah. Matt Fraction was writing for the writing for them at the time. <clears> and <throat> yeah, and I people used to in interviews ask me what Marvel, you know, what superheroes do you want to write. Yeah, and of course. This is kind of comics press, and God bless comics press. I love them, but like, if I'm hyping my dodgy indie book, I'm not very interested in talking about stuff that of isn't. Course, yeah. Yeah. my You know, and that's kind yeah. of, and also the fact that superheroes dominate the conversation is problematic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I have a prepared joke answer. And the prepared joke. Obviously, I want to write Dazzler. Photographing mm. yeah. about pop music. So it fits it, together quite well, it? though, it, yeah. It, it, it gets a laugh. Yeah. We move on. Yeah. But the problem, by making that joke and being a writer, you just, part of your brain starts thinking about <clears <clears <"Well>, maybe, <throat> it. Yeah. <laughs> and I end up having this idea. So I just hammered out this um, idea for, like, Dazzler plays a gig on the moon to Celestials. It's basically a prog versus disco story. The entire synopsis was put online. I logged it up online last year after Greg packed I mean, urged it. me to and actually... It went quietly viral in a, in a, a small way. Yeah. Um, so anyone wants to see that, please Google it. It's, it's possibly funny. Uh, Back bot <laughs> sings backing vocals at the gig. And it's, uh, it's very stupid. That's good. Um, so I love that because they were looking for a Dazzler Mini, but it didn't work for lots of reasons, yeah. not least it was utterly bonkers. Um, I got in at Marvel. The thing about Phonogram is, obviously people listening probably haven't read it. Phonogram is this kind of like very low level urban fantasy comic about pop music being magic specifically any music and i've defined pop music in the widest terms um and it is very it's very critically dense it involves people sitting around and smoking cigarettes and not really doing much um there's no likeable characters there's no fight scenes um and it reviewed and then Marvel came yeah, knocking Marvel was like we need more smoking yeah, actually people people, people actually, before, like, seriously people knew it, it reviewed very well so yeah. it, was, yeah. it was good but it, it doesn't really scream this guy is definitely mm. the guy to take over a four yeah um, Warren Ellis bless his cotton socks um, <laughs> I don't if he wears cotton socks <laughs> he um, he was doing a book called Universal for Marvel mm. and there was um, they wanted Marvel wanted to do some tie-ins like you know one-off yeah. s- single issues and what Warren said yeah okay as long as I get to pick the writers and Warren is an incredible I was talking about this recently with other people but Warren is the secret curator of like Naughty's comic culture he so many people owe Warren so much in terms of like he's somebody who genuinely cares about the medium and and like tries to introduce people and gives so many people so much good advice there's you know I don't even want to list names but it's kind of like a lot of people owe Warren stuff and um so Warren for these three things uh Warren said I would like I think Kieran should do one um and if Kim should do the 1950s uh, James Alroy kind of one, which is, cool. is completely different to Phonogram Yeah. Um, so I did that, and I'm pretty sure Marvel would, like raised their eyebrow a bit. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I did it, and it worked very. You know, people seem to like it. In terms of like, and it went around Marvel, and they went, "So this is well, people like Phonogram but It's like this guy can actually write superheroes as well." Yeah, so yeah. this kind of like quite gritty, serious. Uh, I, I shot Tony. I shot an alternate dimension Tony Stark in the first three pages, and we've got this kind of. The, the the it showed I could do other things. Yeah. It's the best thing, and like two other editors, at Marvel like messaged me. In fact, I I thought there were one editor because I couldn't believe two editors who were interested in me. <laughs> 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 it Was one of those kind of like completely uh, failing to understand. Yeah. Um. And they offered me like these uh, picture this other idea. Yeah. Or like we, we we're interested in a dazzler story. My first Marvel universe story was actually an eight page dazzler story separate to that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. So these so like an eight page <clears throat> story. Then said okay, we've got this fill in issue. Um. Do that, and I did that, and then oh, we got free issue mini. Do that, so it's kind of like by not it, messing up, yeah, that's the best way of, Keeps putting going. It. I think yeah. of like I did work that, that was pleasing to them, yeah, on time, <laughs> and all those kind of stuff. And it basically like playing a, a clumulator on a gambling machine. And it, got, <laughs> and it got to the point where, um, it's like, yeah, he JMS quit four, and it's like we need someone to actually take over four quickly in a really horrible position. Give, <laughs> Hello. Give, give it a shot. And I always joke about that. I mean, um, I remember being on a comment thread, reading people like speculating who would be taking over. And yeah. I, was like, I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, a couple of days later, I get a phone call. And I'm like, oh, okay. So do I. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I am that guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. It's the weird thing is that like I, I got a break and didn't mess it up. It's kind mm. of like I me. Mean, it's like any form of freelance writing. You know, it's yeah. like you, you go you try new writers all the time, and occasionally some people just do one review on it's so bad you never hire them ever again yeah
2: does it come to a point where that relationship changes in a different way where they say you're like one of our guys oh yeah and then I don't know was it like around Marvel now or like something like that where they Mm. said do they offer you and go what would you like to do
1: it's a bit it's like there's always dialogue I mean I was um, I mean I I was when I left RPS I I signed an exclusive with Marvel that was exact I kind of timed at the same time yeah Um, uh, so there is those kind of conversations and then I mean, what Marvel now is like the suggested thing for me. Yeah. It said if you've got different ideas, you've got something you really want to do, talk about that. Um, so yeah, there's the back and forth about, and you know, there's a variety of books I'm doing right now, which yeah. which come from different places. Um, that's not a really very good answer. That was a kind of fluffy no, answer. The answer no. is it's complicated. Yeah, but it's like I don't think I've ever pitched Marvel. When I say that, as in like all those kind of things, that came to me saying, "Oh, we, we need an, a- we want to do an Ares mini. Yeah, what, what have you got?" So it's that kind of like I don't often think about other people's characters unless you are paying me. Okay. It's okay. a good way of putting yeah. it. And that kinda of, the I don't I don't and that sounds cynical to people. No. But it's no. not it's like it's actually a kind of it's a professional distance because yeah. since you do not own the characters, you have to basically be a professional. So I have to that I, I describe it as emotional yeah. contraceptives. At the same time <laughs> like, you know, I will um I will give everything to any project I do. Yeah. But I have to still on some level know it is not quote unquote mine. Yeah. Um Okay, yeah, that yeah. Makes that, sense. that sounds depressing. But no, I know generally mean yeah. that a very like and I love doing that. You yeah. know, it's um and I love the challenge. I love the idea of someone phoning and me and it's like oh, I always say Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill, yeah. the, you know, the the, the horse face. Oh, that's one of the early
2: things you did for yeah. Marvel
1: Yes. And it was like I mean what do you do? You get a phone call, go to a Beta Ray Bill story. So you I sat down, looked at where he was in continuity, yeah. what he was up to, what were the major unrevealed plot threads and then I sort of think, what's Beta Ray Bill really about? So you just sort of sit down and sort of think like this. Sort of like drumming up you know, drumming your fingers. What what does this the you know, this horse Uh, space monster mean I was like well you know he's an alien that means that's science fiction you know that's that's fundamentally an atheistic construct it's an ordered view of the world it's rationalist yeah at the same time however he is you know he's been given the powers of a god which is a theistic view of the world Mm. this is an irrational view of the world so this is the entire character is about contradiction Uh, and he's also about this utterly ludicrous idea that he's a horse-faced for God <laughs> so that they, the, 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 the the glorious like over-the-topness of the Marvel Universe yeah. and I start like pulling the story together and adding Galactus it's basically you know b ride b- Bill b- 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 tries to hunt down and kill Galactus so this is basically <clears> a <throat> hunt for God story but in a very literal, a literal yeah, yeah. yeah. It. so you know that's kind of that's the way I generally think as in it's kind of a critic's way of thinking it's yeah. sort of, I think so yeah trying to yeah.
2: work out What's not been done, what has been done, what the hook is. What is you know, fundamental. What's in road, yeah. What interests you? I yeah. mean,
1: I talk about Warren as a. This is the third time i mentioned Warren in an interview, so I probably owe him money. <laughs> but, you know, it's like one thing I've always loved about his work. It's the third time, life. it's like Beetlejuice, he appear. <laughs> <laughs> like, really attacks us with his cane. Um, it's like. It, it always worked for higher stuff. So you can sort of tell he has found something I find interesting here. Mm. And it's like, if you're not interested in the concept, the writing's bo- right, going to be boring as hell. And it's also. I admire Warren's writing because it's about something even if it's kind of like what you might think is like oh it's you know it's a, it's a Peter Abel adventure story it, yeah. it still has to have some some form that's, of meat yeah. there I mean that's the school I belong to yeah, there's definitely. other writers who are definitely much more um, yeah I say a word like popcorn it sounds like insulting I don't mean that no, no yeah. yeah. but it's like the only way I can work is in that mode which mm. is a slightly over serious I thought about this and too much yeah. nonsense yeah <laughs> I hate myself I'm literally I'm literally listening to myself here I hate myself
0: I hate myself it doesn't seem like so if you have an idea for a story when you're working on uh, you know a big a big name and you want to bring in what how much license do you have just go oh yeah I actually want to bring in another character now you talked about continuity as well how much
2: is like what's the process for stuff like that because obviously there's more continuity than you can ever like
1: reasonably digest
2: In, in, in a uh, short I'm period sure it's of you time, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, true. You yeah
1: it's, it's, it's hard, like. You research it, especially current thing, It's like, if you've got an idea, you go to the editors. It's like, I yeah. want to use this character, and they'll say yes or no. You know, the yeah. editors all talk to each other. Um, and normally I've researched where somebody is. I mean, the, one, the main reason why that dazzler story I originally wanted to pitch would have worked, wouldn't yeah. have worked, is that it was set on the dark side of the moon, where the they were based for a while, but they weren't based there anymore. Right, okay. And uh, also they were kind of out of play in a different way. So there was the, the Newmans weren't available for that yeah, story yeah. in which case that story cannot be published and that story is reliant on that bit of continuity that's interesting yeah. you know so that was the it might just have been crap as well but was, <laughs> but there was at least that reason I justified myself why they weren't going to go for it yeah um, <laughs> uh, so there is that but sometimes you can look at continuity and make argues can I use that and you know yeah. they can if Marvel think it's a good story they will, they, they they will can twist it, things yeah. to make it work Yeah, and that kind of like we can get this to work if, you know, because we don't do stories about continuity, we do stories about stories. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's probably not a very good answer. No. But it's kinda, It's, it's so. like basically what you can get away with. Yeah. And I, I research and I try to at least. I like the idea of all my stories can be picked up by anybody and read. I will tell you anything you need to know in the story. However, stuff that is continu- solely continuity, I won't mention. I will try to put a nod in for people <laughs> for who, people who love that stuff for people yeah. who know it yeah. to, to basically yeah. excuse this yeah. and it's kind of like yeah. um, okay. I mean it's like Vader it's like um, uh, the first issue is Tatooine uh, yeah. which is oh, I'm so bad at pronouncing any word so I can't even pronounce four my TH's are terrible <laughs> but it's like you know and obviously Vader being on the planet is you know that that's loaded in many ways. Yeah. So, but but I'm not going to stop and say I cannot go. You know, it's it's bad for me to return to this planet because of my awful history yeah. here and all the things I connect with it. Yeah. Um You just have to. But but, I, but you know yeah. I can all I can do soft nods in the story without making it explicit. So yeah. That's what I try to do. To so anybody anybody who cares enough about the country, I hope is attentive enough to realise I'm trying to throw them a bone. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, but the, 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 your primary urge has to be to the story you are telling at this in this moment. Yeah, and it's especially with the Marvel Universe. It's um, it's an exciting hedge, right. You know, this is a so many stories are published in the interlink can they form this exciting mesh of things? Yeah. Um, and if you, you know, and if you actually genuinely try to go through it it is maddening and there's some fundamental things you cannot even reconcile which is kind of I, I sort of joke is the um, if you think about the, 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 the only thing you have to believe in the Marvel Universe is the Marvel timeline you have to simultaneously believe that uh, the uh, the Fantastic Four watched the moon landings at the same time the Fantastic Four only went to the rocket ship 12 years ago these these two things are not contradictory you have to believe them once in a kind of like 1984 double think. right okay yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give yourself to it yeah, yeah. As it, you, you have to accept this and that's fine yeah and you know you hold that hold both those contradictory ideas at the same time, and once you've done that, the, the rest of it is kind of easy. <laughs> yeah, you touched upon Vader a little bit then, yeah. so I, I'm,
0: I'm interested. Obviously, that's the big thing that you're working on now. Um, but I think I read somewhere that you almost turned it down.
1: Is that right? Like I considered it. It was like um, I mean, Jason said yes immediately in that kind of like Star Wars yeah. way. And right, you know, rightly so. I was like, um, it was. It's few. I I think you know. This is. I wanted to do a villain project for a long time. Mm. The idea there was lots of things about the project I liked, but specifically what held me back was the. I'm trying to, how to phrase the The idea that basically we would be doing important scenes, right? As in the idea, this is basically okay. the thing that attracted me to Vader in the end was that you know it's not just doodling in the margins of a story. Yeah. Mm. These are fundamentally important scenes for Vader's history. This is canon. Yeah. In terms of stuff, you know, we'd never seen Vader's response to understanding that um, Lucas's son. You know, and that those kind of things, Mm. and uh, we've never seen, um, or you know, lots of things in there, specifically the reactions, and it's like I would get to do that. Okay. And I would get to the person. That's a emerging. lot of
2: weight to shoulder. Like. And, I,
1: and it was like the weight doesn't bother me. The question is, would I be best for it? Okay. Because you know, Star Wars is something that is fundamentally important. This is like I'm at the age that Empire was the first movie I saw in the cinema. Yeah. So in other words, these okay. are formative. As someone wow. who writes pulp fiction for a living. Yeah. These are formative things that lie in the gut of me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and the thing about Star Wars is, I'm the sort of fan where I'm, if it's not good, it's not really Star Wars I care about. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that. I say that in kind of like it's really. The, the quality is what matters. It has yeah. got to basically up to, up to that scratch. So I was like, "And there's other. Is there anybody else who could do this better? Who you know writes a Marvel and is in the position to be writing it? Yeah. And is there anybody else who, um, or at least, much better? I'm mm. sure. <laughs> or, or and is there anyone else? Yeah. That, those kind of questions. And is this something you really want to take? Because you're taking an opportunity, mm. and it's not just like I'm gonna be writing Iron Man for a bit, and then someone else will write Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. This is very specifically. Here's a hole in history. I will be filling that hole. Yeah. Um and that's what made me think about it seriously. Uh and then I sort of went away and I thought, actually no, yes, that this is um I probably in terms of like Marvel writers, I'm the person I'm how do you phrase this? I like villains more than most of them. Yeah. As in, I think my villains are better than my heroes. Um, you know my most successful books my X-Men you could certainly argue my X-Men run was basically the X-Men as villains (laughs) my journey to mystery is basically me writing Loki he's my my definitive character probably for Marvel Mm. you know uh, all those kind of I'm very interested in the question of why people do bad things is that
2: something Marvel identified and came to you with or is it something you kind of you knew was happening this is what I I talk about I I, I
1: run the dialogues myself I'm aware that I'm very interested in bad people um, in that kind of I like they, they, it bugs me because everyone knows yeah. what is good why would anyone be bad um, that's a very simple way of putting it but yeah. that's kind of the, that, yeah. that is right the heart <laughs> of a lot of my better writing and I say that in quotation marks yeah uh, ugh, hate myself again <laughs> <laughs> and I thought well no it's like you know yeah this is and you've always wanted to do a villain book I mean my head part of me is like can I want to do a Doctor Doom book it's yeah. one of those kind of like Doctor Doom makes a lot of sense to me hmm. um, but the idea of like, no me doing Vader in this position in this time this is really very exciting it's um, so important as well. Yeah, like it's kind of it's it's um it feels very cool. It's like and I think it's weird because um I thought it'd be much harder than it's proving to be. I was expecting you know the idea any time you not working with one set, you know working with Marvel is one thing. Marvel and Lucasfilm, yeah, you know the idea that this would be a lot of work. And it, yeah, it's been actually fine. Lucas they've been incredibly generous. Um, they their actual suggestions are great. That's you funny. know when they say no. I get why Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, and, and I've come all those sort of things and when I'm writing it it is delightful which yeah. is a weird thing to say about Darth Vader as I write it and I have enormous fun with it as in um, they're
0: not saying no to you you're like no he doesn't listen to David Bowie you can't be listening
2: to David <laughs> Bowie here <laughs> so, I mean, no, he not code oh, no.
0: he's got a
1: cape <laughs> <laughs> of course Brown. he does it's yeah. much more James Brown kind yeah. of like uh, you know cape and hottest working man in Jay- show business James Brown's the Black Panther so you can't have yeah. that <laughs> um, I'm I'm shocked by how much I enjoy writing it and that kind of like I'm not banging my head against the wall or anything it's like the tone is is freeing I feel genuinely quite free when I'm being as this this awful person that's kind of like both me and Jason who's obviously writing Star Wars kind of our our aim is to make it feel like Star Wars not like a tie-in the idea of like you know the the tone um, has to be okay how does and Jason's job is quite different from mine. Yeah. Jason's trying to make it feel like Star Wars with the Rebel cast. Yeah. So in other words... So
2: Jason's comic, just to fill people in, launched about three weeks ago, or something yeah, like that. Month. Star Wars issue one. Yeah. Marvel got the rights back from Dark Horse. Yeah. And you're... That Vader's set
1: at the same time as his comic? Yeah. Mm. Well, the idea is that they're kind of they're in exactly the same period. And okay. then sort of... Is it between f- Empire? Um, New, New Hope Empire. Yep. and Empire. Uh, we pick up pretty much immediately afterwards. And we're kind of, what I always describe as soft crossover. Okay. Because when me and Jason previously wrote Uncanny X-Men and Wolverine and the X-Men at the same time. Yeah. And each one had their own very different tones. Like Wolverine and the X-Men were much more playful and mine was a very big serious superhero team as nuclear deterrent book. But there was enough threads going on between them mm-hmm. that made it, if you read both, it kind of paid, especially with like also Rick Remender's X-Force at the same time, you could see elements being picked up by books but if you only read one you wouldn't notice yeah. yeah, that's kind of what we're doing here in the idea that you know I actually I start just after episode three of Star Wars so uh, Star Wars opens for a raid on a military base and I pick up on Vader reporting the results of that raid to the Emperor
2: how does that actually work at the level of it's just, like, your workflow. Do you, like, just talk about ideas? Do you send him scripts yeah, we, while you're working on them just so he can, like, then extrapolate <laughs> something he can use himself?
1: Oh, yeah. So we're aware that we we create enough space to do our own stories because okay. basically what Vader's up to, the only way I describe it is basically, in Jason's book, Vader is the arch-villain. Yeah. You know, he's Darth yeah. Vader. <laughs> you know, he is the, yeah. this, <laughs> an, this impressive, enormous yeah. black figure who is yeah. behind them every step of the way. They can't escape the guy. In my book, that's what he does on Tuesdays. You know, um, he's a man who is He's, he's got, um, so, got he's, he's got a file of facts He's yeah. got so many other things to do Yeah, uh, yeah. And, that's, and, that, and I'm basically The primary thrust of my yeah. book is the other things yeah. okay. At the same time whilst Him trying to find time to hunt down Luke Because yeah. he you know, Quite early in my run he realises who Luke is And what that means and right. like, My last 20 years <clears throat> of my life has been a lie in way, and that's that's about as big as it gets yeah Yeah, that's huge Um, if you think about that for genuinely digging into the emotions of it, it's really interesting yeah Um, even if I take Darth Vader out of that and that's still horrible you know it's an oh oh, you know the love of my life yeah Um, I I, I thought A I thought you know yes she died but B so I that's that's further down the line yeah yeah. But but you can imagine all the kind of responses somebody might have to that yeah I have a Vader and of course the trick of writing that book is uh, not doing that without reducing Vader. Of course. is a moot, you know, mm-hmm. he's. I don't do like internal narrative uh, captions or anything like that. You are slightly distanced to Vader mm. and so you meant to, there's a lot about reading into what he would feel and we have yeah. a supporting cast around him who kind of pick up the weight there. But Vader is, I, think, I put this in my original pitch document, you should be scared to be in the same room with him. Not. He's never... It's never comfortable with Vader. You're yeah. aware that if the wrong thing is said you could just be dead. Mm. And that's kind of part of the book for me. Yeah. Um I saw, so, it's, like, so whilst Jason is doing the kind of the Star Wars mood, I've got to work out a way to make something feel like Star Wars from the evil point of view. Right. And there's like the problem with like the thing we I have to overcome is that um if you just do a straight empire book, you've got a load of guys with face masks on, so yeah. no one can emote, and B, it's all very <clears throat> there's not much there's not much Star Wars is about like capital R romance you know the yeah. the, the, the glory yeah. and the freedom and the um, people doing enormously cool things and not the fascist jackboot on humanity so I had to work out ways to without reducing Darth Vader <laughs> add elements that are analogous to a Star Wars and make can it you quick. talk
2: about the supporting cast like this uh, podcast will go out after oh, no. the as comics is, out this,
1: yeah. this, actually the first issue is very, is very much concentrated on Vader yeah. Yeah. as in we you know Vader visits, yeah, visits Jabba it. and um, it sets up the situation I mean the situation is he is the sole, one of the sole survivors of the biggest military disaster of all time, and if you you know if you rewatch all the star all the yeah. Star Wars movies, the Emperor was planning you know the Death Star was the plan. We build the Death Star, takes twenty years, and then we can get, finally get rid of the Senate, which they do at the start of New Hope, and then we can rule the galaxy because we don't need the Senate because we've got this enormous threatening device. Yeah they don't have the enormous training device anymore because it blew up <laughs> that's all that is this is really bad for the Empire yeah. you know this is kind of like they, they can't no longer so it's the, the entire So one of my favourite things is writing the scroll text for the first issue yeah. and I yes. write that the scroll text in the style from the Empire's perspective it was a time of insurgents <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes from there that's that's I mean, there's so much, that's very cool it, yeah. that's fun but at the yeah. same time yeah. it doesn't undermine it I think yeah uh Okay, at the same time, Vader is whilst Vader is not solely to blame, he is at least the only the only person to blame still around. Yeah. The idea you know, he let the rebels escape with the plans deliberately in an attempt to get them find their base. That is completely what he did deliberately. Yeah. So if he didn't do that, they would probably fill the Death Star. You know. So he is his standing has fell in the Emperor's eyes. Yeah. And of course, when you get to Empire, you know he's recovered his standing. There's an implied story that Vader ends up. You know what I mean? And at least a lot of my stuff is about... I mean, the metaphor I always use is House of Cards. And the idea here is that here's a a, a powerful man who feels slighted, who turns to methods he might not otherwise do uh, to regain his standing. And, you know, obviously Vader's a very different character uh, from Francis. But that kind of structure, the idea of Vader trying to do stuff secretly because he no longer can do stuff openly. Yeah. And that's a lot of things that drive a book. Supporting cast a lot I mean I wouldn't say the inspiration for this but one of the inspiring things was watching in Empire you know when he's briefing the bounty hunters mm, yeah uh, two things there micromanaging yeah. <laughs> shouldn't do that <laughs> he's got bigger problems uh, two um, <laughs> he knows them all yeah you know there's a the, you know specifically when you it's like when you're commissioning a freelancer you say like, <laughs> don't, don't be late with this one uh, you really can't be late with this one yeah that's exactly the same Boba Fett no disintegrations he kn- there is a a familiarity okay, yeah, there. Yeah. The idea, he has moved in bounty hunter circles before. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's kind of gives you, says you a bit about where we build up the supporting cast. The yeah. idea of like, in the underworld, there's a lot of crossing over there and those kind of characters. Yeah. I mean, Boba Fett turns up in the first issue as everyone has seen. Yeah. But there's people yeah. I invent, there's people who are new. But they're kind of the darker side and that allows you to, I, I, I darker side, I mean more shadowy side, that kind of yeah. roguish area. Yeah. So that allows me to build up characters with very different personality types from just the stormtrooper, yeah. You know, the idea that you can do stuff outside the fascist organization, and yeah. to be honest, that feels more Star Wars. the, yeah. the kind of the, 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 the of course, yeah. you need yeah. a hand solo. And my, yeah. my hand solo, the, the character who kind of fits the hand solo archetype, introduced in issue three, mm. who is um, Captain Aphra, okay. Uh, who is we said this in Solicit, she's kind of like um. Ethically inverted Indiana Jones would be a good way of putting it. She's a she's a someone who finds old old artifacts and weapons yeah. and puts them in the wrong hands.
0: Okay, okay, because
1: you know it should be in an armory. Yeah, <laughs> in that kind of way. So that's kind of and there's it, fun and it. <clears throat> but she's both fun and playful. Also, really messed up.
0: Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so that's
1: kind of tonally. It's like a very. Yeah. It's a very. My book's quite in a dark mirror. Yeah. To a Star Wars itself. It's a good way of putting it. <laughs> How much of it is, I mean, I was just interested in when you were talking about, oh, yeah, you know,
0: it's Vader's fault that they, you know, got out there with the plans. It almost sounds like this is pub chat that I've been having since I was like 18, 19 years old where people going ah well actually like how much of that do you, you know as being a Star Wars fan do you bring into yeah. your actually well, writing?
1: My, my most extreme fan theories have entirely totally been thrown out because we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're literally cheating. Yeah. Uh, but, because, uh, we
0: actually had Gary Witter on the podcast last week and he was saying there's a couple of people at Lucas who they're like, you know they are, they know every single mm. thing they're like oracles. Did you have access to them? Could you go to them with your ideas and be th-
2: like, What was the yeah. thing they had once? The Called story the group. Oh no, I'm- like Something the centralized or, yeah. continuity thing mm. I, well, went to, I went the, to a talk about it at Star Wars yeah. Celebration you really? <laughs> Okay. really um, well, the, yeah, sto- so, the
1: story group yeah. are pretty much those people as in they're kind of like yeah. um, okay so I, it's Guardians. interesting that they're like ha ha yeah. no 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 i <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't do anything deconstructionary is the best way of public, yeah, it as yeah. in like I mean my joke if, if you get me in the pub I do a kind of joke reading that you know Obi-Wan knows everything Obi-Wan actually killed Luke's family to make him go with him. right because you know he immediately before Luke tells <laughs> them the family is dead yeah Obi-Wan actually comforts him and it says that you know that, that's yeah, kind of, and that, I, I, you know, kind of he also a- killed all the Jawas in yeah. that yeah. kind of like you know, oh yeah but he's a definitely imperial marksman who did this <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, obviously I'm joking for that but you know if you want to do yeah. an extreme reading of course yeah, do, yeah, yeah but I wouldn't you wouldn't do that in yeah. any series yeah <laughs> um, but they're kind of you know Vader completely you know Vader explicitly said we're taking a big you know talking over we're taking a big risk here Vader mm. they, they will lead us straight it, 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 and then, then you get Leia going the um, no let us go you know, so this isn't even like a conspiracy. This is very explicitly is yeah, yeah, yeah. the story <laughs> uh, that uh, people tend to like. They tend to forget that a bit. I think. Yeah. Um, where was I? So that the, the building off that, yeah. struck me as very because you know it, it's a big mistake. You know, Vader isn't going to shirk that off. Vader no. will take responsibility because he's Course. that guy. Um, hold his hands up in the pub guys on a Friday I'm, I'm really sorry I messed up here on <laughs> me <laughs> yeah. I must say, sorry, writing Vader and the Emperor together is fun because yeah. it's kind of when you start thinking about the, the power struggle between the two especially Crazy, when yeah. when Vader realises that he has been lied to there's a, there's an implied the, the paradigm differential there and what they are not talking about. And yeah. any scene, this is this is secret of drama is what they're not talking about. Yeah. I mean, okay, for me, the secret of drama is what people are saying is minor, what they're not ex- actually genuinely expressing is where things are interesting. Yeah. Um. And so any, any scene I've written with those two in, really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah so that kind of... And the, the plot elements that kind of come into play. I mean, basically, in the first episode... Vader becomes aware of two things A he's aware that something's going up with this Luke kid yeah <laughs> not that he knows who Luke is but yeah. the name but he knows he's not an idiot as yeah. in you, you get a series yeah. of flashbacks and so he pieces these information together as in he had a light in. we will see in Jason's book he had a lightsaber yeah yeah, no, it's like he he knew Obi Wan. Some training. This, this guy yes. was strong with the Force. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of it's really fun sitting down <laughs> writing. The Force is strong with this one, yeah. in, even in a flashback, and I get paid for that. Yeah, brilliant job. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've got we've got a weekly Star Wars show called Rebel Base, and we
0: sort of we took the first issue yeah. and we sort of tore apart not not tore apart in a bad way, but sort of went through it quite sort of methodically. Like, and a, a lot of the things we were saying is some of the references maybe felt a bit heavy handed uh, whereas you know there's a bit where he says uh, these aren't the uh, these aren't the slaves you're looking for and he goes oh, uh, oh well that was worth a try and we, we were like okay for me that feels slightly heavy handed like how hard is it for you when you're writing to sit down and go you need to hit the references you need to hit the you know the fanboys up
1: but you know, I think it's a really hard found, line. To, I think yeah, it's a really it's hard really line to walk. There's definitely some bits of like I wrote and then I cut, yeah. And I wrote and handed in, and then we cut, yeah. In that when or I just you like, wrote, laughed, then we're like, No, we can't do that. <laughs> I, know, what, I mean, there's also okay. Like, the, the, more, the more jokey it gets, the more
0: exactly, yeah.
1: There's a couple of afro, specifically, the fact she's a bit more playful, me, okay. than, there's a few lines she said to Vader in issue three when she met him, yeah were referencey, and I was like no this is too much yeah. we, we, I'm very glad we lost them yeah. but there's other soft I mean there's a bit what do you feel about issue one where it, I've got a good feeling about this I thought that was good I like that <laughs> that was one of the ones actually we thought yeah we, that. we yeah. That. Yeah. That like that I thought that was a really yeah. good one
2: because uh, I feel like it's something people would say yeah like I think it's it's very hard because you have to realise it depends how strict you want to be with the logic of it and the characters within the situation would have no knowledge exactly. of any it's of this stuff about, yeah. so if they hark on it or channel it it's kind of Strange and reality breaking. Yeah,
1: it's, it's really it's really
2: difficult because
1: it's an illusion because it's kind of like yeah the opening scene of Vader. Sorry, I don't mean in a bad way, but the the illusion as in how much people are willing to go with it. Yeah, yeah. But, and there's a couple of bits where I my natural I'm writing Vader very straight. Yeah, it's about right. Like, there's very little of my meta, as in I'm quite a meta writer. I generally yeah. talk about the, the fiction I'm writing a lot, and I'm not doing because that's not Star Wars. Yeah, but like the opening is. Vader heading into Jabba's palace, and he walks, and it's basically a kind of shot-for-shot shot reconstruction yeah. of Luke's. Luke's yeah, and those
2: pages are in Star Wars. If are, you yeah, want yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um, and. That is walking line there, but the, you know the point is I'm trying to. It's not really a joke. It's about drawing a difference. St- these are two cats who are similar. Yeah. You know, these are two. Yeah, stop. I think it
2: is because this is what Luke. Will, you know, what will eventually happen? You know, this is yeah. yeah. this is a This is
1: what Luke will. But say, in fact, we know what Luke does in that situation. How yeah. what Vader does in a similar situation and different tells you how Vader is different to Luke. Yeah, and uh, all the way f- all the way through that. Yeah. I mean, there's one of my. F- yeah, all the way through that. That's kind of how it works for me. Yeah, and that's that's the point of that, and basically. So you know, Lucas the lead of Star Wars, Vader's the lead of my book. Yeah. So drawing the, the Dark Mirror, that's yeah. the kind of I said that earlier. But that's kind of how I'm thinking of this. Yeah. And Vader turns up and he acts very differently towards Jabba than Luke does. You know, it's even even stuff like the pit. You know, and there's a bit. He actually steps. He's standing on the pit, and he's and he just steps back. Yeah, <laughs> he looks down, <laughs> and then he takes one step <laughs> back as an exchange <laughs> glance. You know, and that's you know that's because Vader you know Vader's better in the Force than Lucas at this exactly. Yeah, and that's kind of and those kind of. I, I, you know, whilst they are clearly dancing with the text, yeah, that I would hope they are not too much for people. Yeah, um, though to you know that's it's only so trying. Difference between showing something new and something there's elements like there's part of the fanboyness of it.
0: Yeah,
1: you, you kind of want to see stuff you know, but at the same time you want to be make up new stuff that feels like Star Wars yeah. is the way I would put it. And that's kind of that's a lot of my idea. I've thrown a load of ideas out which I thought were interesting, yeah. but not Star Wars. Um, and like, especially with the villains as in you know, a lot of Vegas antagonists are new characters yeah um, so I'm sure you know what can I do that's new in Star Wars that's the big challenge a lot of yeah. them are fun as in when I sat, you know, I sat down and I watched all the movies I had in my notepad yeah. and we watched it very intensely me and my wife And pages of scribble this is like if we ever do a big collection these yeah. scribble at the back I suspect we should include so, like, kind of, that's like, amazing homework <laughs> <Is this laughs> was that of it? part of the pitch process uh, or it was, it was, it was, it was actually after like, that It was, I can't remember which order I did it. I think I actually did this, this is after, as after it was kind of like, let's do it that way. As in, it was me looking for meat. As in, I kind of had the, I didn't need, the the close reading wasn't required, because the basic pitch is Vader running, uh, Vader builds his own power source inside the Empire, trying to reclaim his status as he has fell after the events of Star Wars. That's kind of stuff I could do Off my knowledge of Star Wars. As
2: part of that process, did you watch the prequels? Because obviously, you you would have grown up with like one particular embodiment of Vader, and then obviously, later in your life, you would have got this additional information about who this person is, more knowledge, more kind of things to draw upon. How much did that stuff factor in?
1: Um, Intensely. I mean, you know, this is all kind of. um when the you know the fact that the current situation due to the the extent re- the universe yeah. and the the compressing and the, the current situation the, the, the canon is yeah. Yeah. the canon is controllable you know the canon is you know the six movies Rebels, uh, Clone Wars all comics and the two books yeah unless I'm missing anything that's you know I can consume that as opposed yeah, to Marvel yeah. when there's no way you, you have to some see mastery sort. of yeah. I can actually have a close reading of the canon that's available um, especially the movies which are the you know which are the thing which most people will be aware of mm. so in terms of Vader's emotional journey and i think you need to kind of vader's realization that he has child children you need to use the prequels by definition Course, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know that, that's kind of like that and that's why it matters to vader yeah and that's why it's such an enormous uh you know uh, everything changes moment for him yeah uh so yeah i lean in it all pretty much equally um in terms of like thinking about vader's interiority in terms of what he's thinking
0: yeah <laughs> As someone who's working on the Star Wars content, when the Force Awakens trailer obviously came out, like, well, what did you think? Because that does that does a really fine line of just brand new stuff, but then ends with a Falcon.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky it's, it's because it's like you know you want Star Wars, but it's kind of like um so you that's you want Star Wars, but you know here is new stuff here is also, and here yeah. is kind of how the two mashing yeah and like that's what that's like, what I genuinely hope the Jabba's Palace stuff is. You know, Jabba invader in a room—that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and same, so, you know, and it leads to different places, and we start doing yeah. new stuff, and there's that kind of element. Um, I think as Marvel, I It's the really, one thing with the story group is very interesting, and in that, especially the further I go on, the more I kind of like—I want to use—I want to use, a, want to use a, a crime organization here. Yeah. I can completely make one up. Is there anything you would suggest? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of quite—that's cool. cool. And yeah. that's, that's like, I in other words, if it's if you're writing a genre plot, yeah. If there's something else, because the continuity is so small, at least small in the relative sense yeah, of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, of course. If you're connected connectivity in an interesting way, that's that's a pretty cool opportunity. I want yeah. to lean into it. At the same time, there's some of the ideas. I'm I'm very happy when I get an old note from like the story group I love this. Yeah. That, that makes me quite happy. Yeah, that that's kind of awesome.
0: awesome that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to move then. So let's talk about. Uh, we touched upon it a little tiny bit earlier, but like music and comics. So, Foreign Gram, you know, huge musical comic. Uh, Wicked and Divine Time, a huge, huge fan of. Uh, the okay. mu- music runs through that entire thing. How do you write and make a comic that's about, mu- essentially about music?
1: Uh, so, <laughs> it's one of these weird things. Of course, comics and music are kind of literally opposite. Yeah. In <laughs> that with, um, music, with comics, you have control of uh, your visuals and you have no sound and you don't have any control of timing as yeah. in people that you can't tell control how people will read your book with music it's literally the opposite you have no visuals <laughs> uh, you only have sound and yeah. you have perfect control of timing as in you can present people in, in information over like these are literally opposite yeah um so it's impossible to do a one-for-one translation and that's kind of where we started yeah. um and that's kind of the appeal of it the idea of Trying to do something actually easily achievable strikes me as desperate under ambition. <laughs> it's like, a, <laughs> and there's a there's a sort of magic when you fail to achieve something, yeah. and you kind of have originality by default. As an okay, here's an impossible problem. How can we to try to even capture a slightest bit of it? Yeah. Um, okay, that'll work. So that's kind of what we do. So me and Jamie spend a lot of time thinking about different techniques. Yeah. And we, the actual uh, initial victims go to bed that night, which is basically our rave issue, and the entire issue is about. Um, there's a lot of drug stuff going on it yeah. there's a lot of like um, fat, uh, ketamine-esque time dilation we yeah. have um, like sensory bloom. we have lots of colour and like um, visual effects and we have a sense of momentum and how the that's uh, cool yeah and it's like the, across an entire issue and we kind of did something similar before in issue 7 of um, The Singles for the second photogram volume yeah. which is basically structured around the song Wolf Like Me by TV on the Radio. Okay, and it was basically this, how the paneling worked created a beat and it went verse chorus sorry intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge uh, sorry, breakdown, uh, repeated chorus to end yeah. and what we did with the visuals and the story we try to create a narrative structure that basically mirrored the thing in the song so we're trying to basically <laughs> get a sense of fluid fluid momentum yeah. and that's kind of what we're doing here so that's like one way we did it and it's yeah. like so it depends how much you want to lean it and sometimes it's just okay very extreme examples that's when we really push it yeah. and occasionally more it's just more like dudes talking shit in the pub you know yeah, that's kind of like yeah. you know it's more like the conversations you would have around culture okay. cuz you know um we use music more and i think you know somebody i wrote about games with so many i think the reason i do music more in my comics yeah is because i spent i had an outlet to get all the games out so i did <laughs> i did games writing you know i did music writing for various places but yeah never as much so this kind of these ideas sort of sat in my head like a weird sort of puss (laughs) boiled and eventually like you know exploded at the top whilst games got to be slowly drained yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah basically I just think it's interesting and the idea of actually it's kind of what criticism is anyway no criticism will ever really capture what the art does but you try to translate the feeling into the words or you know what you're talking yeah and um, get something from that so my favourite reviews literally i I, I synesthetically get what the medium is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, I guess. <laughs> it's, 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 the fact it's impossible is at least part of the challenge and the interest. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, it's such a big part of the, of the issues
0: as well. But when I asked you about it just over email, I said, you know, there's a couple of songs. You sent me uh, <laughs> a playlist that was like 250 songs. I think it's 216 now. 260 <laughs> now, yeah. But every single one that I listened to, I I could think and I I was quite new to Wicked and Vine, but every single uh, song that I listened to I was like I can hear the comic in this song and that that is a really odd thing for me to sort of put those two together
1: thank you (laughs) I mean it's like um I started doing playlists for quite a long time and it's, yeah. Spotify makes making playlists public easier. I've done it more. Yeah. I mean, Young Avengers was big. Yeah. That was like 110. And We Can is, A, like a 30 to 60 issue series. So yeah. I swear by the time the end of it, it'll be every song I've ever liked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that kind of the mood of it was very important. Yeah. Um, especially because like last year was very intense for me personally. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of like, Songs as shorthand for emotions or states or thinking yeah. or ideas. I mean like especially with Wicked Divine is that's a great noise.
0: It sounds like a big fart. It won't pick up that's Yeah, A big fart. <laughs> right. You yeah. cool. say something really meaningful. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like and the movie Div, we basically we yeah. we, we could actually do a comic that's we're gonna make a big pop record. Yeah. I mean this is one of my favourite views, a critic called Doug Walt did okay. is like um Lennon and McCartney sat down to quote unquote write a a swimming pool when they did imagine the idea that okay we're going to do a really big pop record and we did this okay this is everything we do but we're going to do this on the larger scale we're not going to be like self-defeating narrative we're going to actually we actually think this is going to be enormous we're going to love it and we throw everything we've ever loved about pop culture not just pop music everything so you know from the Warhammer to the games to the uh, club stuff to all the movies we've ever loved into one package this is kind of as a guy who is you know I'm 39 about to be 40 this is kind of like the entire story of everything I've loved and defined myself as a creator yeah. and a writer and a human being um, it's, my <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big oh one. yeah absolutely this <laughs> is kind of like it's, it's, the funny thing is this is like 10 years off from Phonogram like the first yeah, Phonogram yeah. was very clearly about me turning 30 like it was actually me dealing with a lot of those kind of stuff and yeah. the, this is very clearly about me being 40 Okay. It's like, you know, that was, I'm afraid of being 30 and old. And uh, about being afraid of being 40 and dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in a very real way. I was, oh my God, I'm almost going to die. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, what, what genuinely is life for? Why be an artist anyway? That's yeah. kind of what Wicked is beneath the surface. Yeah. So the, the songs are used to ways to think about. It. So there's, there's uh, bits of weirdness. There's a lot of like, these are really big pop records. Yeah. That's kind of part of it. As in the idea that the, the, the tone is euphoric. And, and sad and weird and like and not, when you stop putting me in the list you remember how many pop records are about people dying yeah how many pop records are about people dying young I mean the idea of working Divine Being uh, if uh, those who are listening don't know yeah. it's basically every 19 years gods are reincarnated on earth who are loved and amazed and yeah. hated for like two years and then they die <laughs> so this is basically a device to concentrate the concept of mortality because yeah. I mean, if, if we're alive for two years or ten years or seventy years that's still a very finite time versus the eternity Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, why yeah. do anything so that's kind of what the book's about mm. <laughs> so it'll go, anytime you start talking about what Wiktiv's about it goes yeah. pretty dark um, <laughs> I like that about it and I think yeah. Um, I th- yeah, the
0: point of you know I think it's quite an unforgiving book as well. Like, I don't think it eases you in at any
1: point. Oh, no. no, it drops you um, right into yeah, it. Yeah, like and it, it of,
0: doesn't even assume like, that you have any knowledge because there's no way you can have the knowledge from. Um, was that a thing that you guys thought, no, we, we, we're going to write this thing, we're going to make this thing, and pe- people have to go with it? I
1: thought we... I mean, sorry, the funny thing is, me and Jamie Swall, we thought we were being accessible. Yeah. <laughs> we thought, we're going to try this time. We're not going to be like phonogram. We're not going to be like phonogram. We're going to actually try to eat... No, no. No. Yeah. Um, I don't. We just. Have, I think we must have higher standard not higher standards, higher tolerances. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that kind of nonsense. Uh, <laughs> I love you, kind of nonsense. Yeah, no, it's like, yeah. I'm aware that I, I find it interesting. I pull some apart, and in terms, of, I try to like. There's, there's probably definitely bits we've we've misstepped. I yeah. guess. Um, but we do we do quite like respecting an audience's intelligence, which is kind of yeah. all these. Which I find I don't like saying that because it sounds like insulting to anybody who doesn't get it yeah uh, but we're aware that this is kind of the, the pace we would have set our stories at roll with us we'll kind of get to everything in the end yeah, yeah. and you know we will not we'll genuinely we'll, you know if you don't need to know we we'll genuinely we won't leave you in the dark unnecessarily yeah <laughs> if you don't need to know it we won't tell you it yeah, yeah. as in, but so if you don't know something relax it's you, fine you get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you'll pick this up in time yeah that's kind of at least the, uh, part of the attitude um, yeah it's weird because the issue of like issue 9 is kind of the interview of Anank okay. who is kind of the elder figure in the pantheon and yeah. it's like and, we finally get some straight answers. So it's good. it's going to be quite nice for people, I think. Who does the interview, is it? Because there's a critic character. Well, you can, no, you can guess is it. Is this there from the beginning? I, think, and I can't think, say yeah. who does the interview, yeah. Okay, right, But yeah. I think um, any, I think if any guessed who would do the interview, they would probably be right. Okay, right, that's good. How much is, like, <laughs> but, obviously... they are fun characters to write, honestly. No reason, yeah. I'm just going to give it away. Yes, it's Cassandra. <laughs> <laughs> Cassandra is the, um, the, the very cynical characters yeah. who not believe yeah, anything. Yeah. Those two characters... Throw, the, the, throw the head are, is actually really yeah. good because it's quite it, issue right I said it, it's, the, it's the big rave scenes so with a lot of yeah. flesh and a lot of very sensual um, that's a word I we say the word sensual sounds horrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like quite dry it's almost like a one act play yeah in this kind of like these characters in a very intense space yeah um, I think I, that's the thing I, I think the reason I like Cassandra is because when you first meet you, you
0: just think oh god I've seen this character so many times but then the more it goes on and you go, ah, actually, there's so much more to that character, actually, that we're not seeing because she actually generally
1: cares. It's true. I mean, I try all the characters are complicated. It's like Baal. It's yeah. like, um, I mean, okay, I think Cassandra, Cassandra is almost like, she's the flip of Laura. Okay. You know, she's kind of like, you know, Laura's this ultimate fangirl. Exactly. Yeah, 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 Cassandra yeah. isn't the opposite. And they are. But they work together so well. That, yeah, they are they're they're yeah. tied together. And that's kind of like, that was very explicit. And Cassandra mm. is a really good, allows me to auto-critique the book. Yeah. Pretty much anything I say, anything Cassandra says, I think's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so sort of, you know, she's Cassandra. No one listens to her. Yeah. Uh, it's like, no, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is iffy. It's there's, not, pre- there's precedent. <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. she, she should have chosen a different name. That's yeah. uh, that's definitely the thing. But it's Lovely. like Bowl, You know, Bowl is you know very aggressive and very egotistical, and he's like a character who's, at the same time, you I think by this point, anyone who's been following the issues realized mm. he's probably one of the more moral characters. Yeah. Yes, he's abrasive, and yes, he frankly is very arrogant. But there's a kind of there is a sense of worry for people yeah. and the, also the world to sacrifice his own you know his own things to other people That yeah. kind of is running in through there he's just, you know that kind of because people are complicated yeah. we aren't that simple yeah you know even, even people who we've I hope we like hope we're more complicated anyway
0: <laughs> so it's a theme tune for our episode but uh, summer camps pink summer
1: is a, you said it's a theme tune for your book why why is that it was it was like um uh November tw- our favourite con in the UK yeah. is Fort Bubble in okay. Leeds, which is astounding. We've loved it. Mm. We've been to everyone. We were invited to it on the first. That was our like kind of the first con anyone invited us to. Yeah. So it's grown enormously. So it started out like a few hundred people, and now it's like ten, twelve thousand. So it's yeah. a it's a medium sized UK con. But they let us DJ, and it's the DJ, <laughs> <laughs> DJ party has grown every year, and, okay. it's, and it become it's almost like our Christmas. Yeah. It's like yeah. this year was in the in the town hall. <clears throat> Enormous dance floor, people throwing shapes yeah. at 4 in the morning again. This is weird and like bacchanalian. Alien. So yeah. I love it all. But specifically, that year, uh, Summer Camp, who we know and are friends with, were playing... Um, at just a venue, that's where we went there, mm. and I just had a moment. I listened to actually the to Pink's. This is this is pretty much the it's fantastic. which yeah. is a it's brilliant, but B it's kind of pretty much what the book's about. Yeah, and it's like and the idea of like somebody in a quite similar position to me and Jamie isn't you know a, a duo. Yeah, we're um, talking about the, the the concept of love and need and death. Uh This you know this may kill this may uh, this may kill us. What a way to die. Yeah, Um that kind of like back and forth antipathy to it all yeah that that's, that was something really appealing and I sort of like halfway through the gig I I, I sort of it clicks and I ran outside and just like made sure I made a note to upload it to the playlist yeah um, and we did a launch party for the book when it came out and um, we booked out it's quite funny because like you know we, we have this they don't do launch parties it's like video yeah. games yeah uh, so we're going to do a proper launch party we're going to yeah. get we're going to b- book out a venue we're gonna book a uh, book a band. Amazing. Have light, it'll be great. And yeah. so summer camp, we, we you know we paid them. They came and played. So yeah. basically, they they're very much in my head, tied to the whole endeavor. Um, so yeah, it's it was yeah. a great song.
0: It's a great song. Yeah, um, I just watched uh, Beyond Clueless uh, in cool. the summer, and uh, they do the soundtrack for that. So, I, and I went to see the film uh, shown at a festival, and Summer Camp performed the oh, uh, score live. It's so good. You should definitely do that with the next book. Oh, Get them to come and cool. actually, do we, we
1: generally—I uh, probably—we we talk to someone about kind of collaborating quite a bit. Yeah, as in was, we we've, in fact we're very both very busy. Yeah, there, there's something we're definitely doing shortly together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay. um, there's there's a larger project we've talked about a few times. Oh wow, excellent! Yeah, and it'll be very cool to do if we find a chance. Definitely, like, if we find a spare month, we could do it. <laughs> it. Must be hard when you have to write all these Star Wars oh, comics. It's, just hard, it's hard life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're just going go to go some. Uh, so yeah. we
0: had some uh, feedback then. Um, let just go to some of these. We had a tweet from Duke of Havoc. He said, "Dear, <laughs> Dear Kieran, and I'm, what's the split of workload between writing comics and coming up with puns for Twitter?" I'm assuming you know this guy.
1: Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a gentleman. <laughs> he runs a website. I'm not going to plug it because you're, you're being mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, but growing up puns is entirely pleasurable. That, that's kinda something I do to avoid work. Yeah. Uh, so in other words, it's about 90% of my workload. Yeah. And 10% of my workload is actually work. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay, so, yeah, so the next one's from John Hurd. He says, which is your favourite Star Wars
1: movie and Ooh, Why? why? Uh, empire because I'm a bit of a goth, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know all about you know the Empire. I, I'm not invader, therefore the Empire Striking Back is a good thing for me. Mm. Yeah, um, you yeah, know it, it is really as Empire. It's just kind of like I find it, the, the actual structure is fascinating. I find the 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 fact it's um, the unresolved nature of it, the fact how it sort of floats in space, no pun intended. Um, the weird sort of gleeful dark romance of it all, and of course there is as I said earlier, this is the first movie I ever saw in a cinema. This is formative. This is origin story stuff. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Empire.
2: Cool. I'm just going on a bit of an indulgent digression here. Girlfriend? Uh, My girlfriend's father coined the word goth in relation to music.
1: Really? Yeah, he
2: used to write for sounds. He was called Steve Keaton. That's Uh, the pen name he used to write under, Steve Mm -hmm. May. He coined the word goth in relation to music when he was um, reviewing this band. And we went to the British Library recently. They had this big goth exhibit. And we didn't know it was there. We got onto the last part of the exhibit. Those are Clive Barker stuff. Went around the corner. And it was like how goth had been appropriated by subcultures. And there was this huge placard of her father's article. She was like, "No way!" And we spoke. <laughs> we spoke to the British Library, and she she managed to get this from the British Library. He's got it really? in his office now.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I went to that. It was amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you know, I loved it enormously. It's, um, there's been a big. I mean, I'm wearing an, an Alexander McQueen jacket here so I'm very much in the kind of school mode last year.
2: yeah uh, so when she went to the British Library to collect this exhibit she contacted me and said, like, oh my dad wrote this can I please please have, have it for it. his office <laughs> and the woman from the British Library came down and gave it to her he's like yeah I thought I'd recognise you I thought I'd basically just look for the most gothic person in the lobby
1: it's <laughs> like <laughs> so last year at the British Library we had a comics exhibit had a yes. gothic exhibit yeah. it's like was I curating that year it's like, <laughs> kind of like it, like, it generally could not be me if it was horrific. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and finally then from Carl Barrett, uh, who asked, if you were to create a comic based around another Star Wars character, who would it be and why?
1: Oh, wow. Um, oh, I mean, do you want to go a joke Cans? I oh, would probably Bobber. Um, that's an easy answer. Let's go a bit weirder. <laughs> it would be... I just do the bands, you know, okay. the idea, of basically doing phonogram, you know, the entire. Oh, that's a good idea! Yeah, you can do it. It'll be good. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I'll be good. So yeah, <laughs> so Vader should be uh, is already out now. By the time you listen yes, to this, it should be so that's sweet. good. Put it live at the right time. At the right time. time. <laughs>
1: the, the fact it's you know, it's out there makes yeah. it's me like excited be enormous. So I really can't wait to what people you know, see what people make of it. With.
0: Yeah, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast anyway. You. I'm sure we'll uh, see you again very very soon. And thank you very much for listening.